Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I was really just, as I was singing what I sensed, um, you know, I think, I think fear has really tried to take hold again this week. Have you noticed that? You just, you just sense it in, in, our, in the atmosphere. And uh, God just wants us to know that he's, he hasn't left us. Nothing, is, nothing has changed about Jesus. So we've we got to remind ourselves that uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know, when you get sucked into fear, you just have to get your eyes back on Jesus. And I'm not saying you have to go try to get sick or do something crazy, test God, jump off the temple, you know, uh, see if God's going to catch you. But I am saying that the the ruling, the ruling's attitude and spirit and uh, just atmosphere over your heart and mind doesn't have to be fear. That's that's not your that's not your portion as a as a child of God. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you're a child of the King, and so God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He's gonna he's gonna tell you what to do. He's gonna tell you where to go. He's gonna tell you where not to go. He's gonna he's gonna give you instruction. He's gonna give you a sound mind. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna fill you with love. He's gonna give you power to overcome. But I, I mean I just want to speak that out to just know that hey we have to actively resist that sometimes, and to just know that 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 thing's gonna try to keep coming back and trying to trying to take control of our lives because really f- what fear does is just it it turns the future different than what God's future is in our view. It doesn't actually change it. It just changes our perspective. Uh, have you noticed that when fear comes, it never, there's never a good outcome, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't ever get afraid of something and then imagine something amazing, right? <laughs> I mean, but think about it. In the kingdom of God, you fear something and then... The, in, the envision of the future should be God triumphing over that thing, right? Should be some kind of overcome, should be some kind of getting through, should be some sort of some miracle, uh, some sort of deliverance, some sort of something that looks like the kingdom of heaven. So that's not the message today, that's just, that's just free. So um, I just want to talk a few minutes today about uh, the phrase, what is important, you know, as I was praying this week, you know, with all the, you know, there's a lot of extra news this week, right? Things are changing. Uh, and I'm not trying to get into all of that that could entail or all that goes into that. Um, but it made me think about this one question. And it was kind of like, like the Lord questioned, hey, what's, what's really important? What, what is really important in, in your life right now? And Jesus answers that question in the scripture, of course. He answers the question, what is important? We have all kinds of things that are vying for what is most important in our lives, what is most important in our thought life, what is most important about what we put our attention to or our our affection or um, our devotion, our passion to. And 
we just have to be careful that it doesn't get off of where it should be. So open your Bible to Matthew 22. This probably, well, I won't say this won't take long. Uh, Matthew 22. This won't take any longer than normal. <laughs> How about that? Oh, boy. Matthew 22. And this is Jesus when he is being asked a bunch of questions, basically. He's being trying to be trapped by the Pharisees. And so Matthew 22 and verse 34, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word of God, even as we read it now. Verse 34 says this, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. So there was a question he answered, and it silenced them. These are the religious leaders. They're not on the same page, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They're kind of opposites, kind of rivals, uh, kind of different parties of religion, if you would say it that way. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. See, not all, this might sound weird, not all truth has the same weight to it. There are some things that are more important than the others, and Jesus establishes that. Because if it wasn't true, then Jesus would have said, no, it's all the same. They're all, they're all on the same level here. But Jesus said, no, there, there's a couple of things that stand above the rest. If you, if, you, if you do all the rest of the things right and you don't get this, then you, you've missed it. And he says, this is what's most important. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Are you still in love? With Jesus. I mean, that's really an important question. That's more important with whether the United States economy is going to last, whether oil is going to go up or down, whether I'm going to get married or not, or even whether I'm going to have kids or not, or more kids. I hope not, and more kids. But um, <laughs> if you do want to have kids, uh, great, have more kids. <laughs> if you don't, then, then don't. But the point is, is... This is more important than all those things. Whether I have a job or not, it's, this, is, this is more important than that. Where I live, what church I'm a part of, whether the United States ceases to exist or as it, as it is or doesn't or totally changes into a different nation, that is not what's most important. Jesus said, this is most important. Love the Lord with everything. Love him. You know, I think one of the distractions of the enemy is when there's turmoil and confusion and all this stuff is he wants to get your eyes off of Jesus. He wants to get your eyes off of your first love. He wants someone or something else to capture your affections, your desires, and your energy. 
And I'll be honest with you, I'm right there with you. Sometimes all my energy can get focused on what's going on in the world, right? We read, we read, we get bombarded with news and media and all kinds of stuff, and it can take our eyes off of what's truly important. Jesus' love hasn't changed for me, and I don't want my love for him to change. That's, that's really important. It's not going to be on the nightly news. It's not going to show up. Well, it might show up on Twitter, but it's probably not going to be very popular. <laughs> it may not be all the pictures posted on Instagram. And all you old people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> all, all, whatever on, on the TV, if the nightly news is not going to say, newsflash, this is really important. This is the most important thing you can, you can hear about tonight. Love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And take that love that you have with Him and share it with somebody else. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what's important, Jesus said. This is more important than, than other things. It doesn't mean the other things aren't important. It just means some things are, have a higher level of importance in the kingdom of God. Want another example? Let me show you this. Go to Matthew 23 and verse 23. Matthew 23, 23. Matthew 23 is an account where Jesus confronts the religious people of his day, the Pharisees, and he is literally, he is insulting them to their faces. I mean, he calls them snakes and brood of, you, you, you pit of vipers. And he says things like this, how are you going to escape the, the fires of hell? He says, you're, you're like a tomb. You're like a, you're like a tomb with a bunch of dead people in it. You've got rottenness and stink and foulness and everything corrupt in you. And in fact, it's so bad that you, you spread it to other people. You find someone else and make them twice as much a son of hell as you are. So this is what Jesus, I'm just quoting the Bible here. (laughs) This is what Jesus was saying. To the religious people who had lost sight of what was important. Who had flipped around the importance of the law of God and the relationship with God and the truth of God and the scriptures and the word of God. And so in verse 23, Jesus says this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. But you have neglected, look, the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Isn't it interesting? Again, Jesus is emphasizing there are some things that are more important than others. There, some truth is more important than other truth. It doesn't mean the other thing's not true. It just means I better have this on the highest level of priority in my life. And the Pharisees, they, they had the tithing down. And Jesus said, that's fine. I'm, I'm, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. I mean, they were, they're tithing 
all their herbs and spices. I mean, they're taking every little bit. And it's like, okay, 10% of the dill, okay? And I mean, that's some, that's some serious tithing action right there, right? <laughs> and Jesus says, look, you've neglected what's more important. Here's what's more important, justice, mercy, faithfulness. Man, justice is a big theme right now, right? Everybody's crying out for justice. Here, here's the thing about justice, and I'm not going to go, this is not a whole teaching on justice. Um, but I heard this statement, I think it's really true. Justice without mercy is demonic. See, the world right now is crying out a lot for justice. See, ju- the worldly justice only means that punishment is dished out to someone who did wrong. That's not justice in the kingdom, though. Because if that was the kingdom justice, then Jesus would have never come. Because God's justice said, you know what? My justice without my mercy is not complete. It's not the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. It's, it's a partial truth. Yes, God wants to take care of what is wrong, but he wants to make what is wrong and also turn it into something that's right. Justice in the kingdom is not just about punishing the wrongdoer. It's about bringing redemption and rightness and righting the situation. In Revelation 21 and verse 5, I think this is what Jesus is always doing. It says this. uh, I need it on the screen for me too. (laughs) Revelation 21, 5. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. Write down these words because they're faithful and true. In other words, or I am making all things new. I will make all things new. In other words, I am taking what is wrong and turning it right. That's the justice of God. He wants those who are oppressed to be lifted up, but not just for the person who oppressed them to receive something, to receive their punishment but he wants to lift the person who has been oppressed and turn it around and bring redemption and change in their life. And right now in our country, some are just, we're just wanting justice. We just want to punish everybody that's done wrong. It's the same thing. It's the cancel culture. In other words, it's just like you did something wrong, you're off, you're done. Man, that's not the the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is you've did stuff that's wrong and you're worthless, but Jesus said, Guess what? Everybody else thought you're worthless. I'm going to die in your place so that you can be free. And then all those things that you did back in the past, I'm going to wipe away and I'm going to make all things new. You're going to become a new creation. You're going to become a new person. You're going to have new thoughts. You're going to have new desires. You're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's justice. When something new comes out of the harm that's done by sin and the division, the flesh and the humans and the devil. But there's also mercy. Justice is linked to mercy. And so much of the, I mean, the whole story of salvation is the story of a God who has justice and mercy. 
There was a price to pay for sin. Death was the cost. So somebody has to die. Somebody has to be punished. And God said, I love them so much that I'm going to send my son. He's going to become one of them. Not just become like one of them. He's going to become one of them. A hundred percent man, a hundred percent God. So he could represent both sides of the covenant at once. The God side and the man side. And he's going to be punished. The chastisement for our peace, the punishment for our peace was, was upon him. And by his stripes, or his wounds, we were healed. It's the mercy of God that sent Jesus. It's, it's the mercy of God that gives a second chance. You know, we live in a culture right now where people aren't getting second chances. Hey, you said this back in 1983. <laughs> hey, look, it's both sides of the political spectrum, too. Christians do it, too, right? We want to hold that. Oh, that guy believed that way back then. Who cares what they believed back then? What happened to them now? Have they been transformed and changed? I don't know sometimes, but that's the question that matters is not what they did 20 years ago or even 15 minutes ago. Where is their standing now? I mean, the worst criminal, the worst serial killer in the world, if at any moment he repents and comes to Jesus, he stands in the same place as you as far as heaven is concerned. Because God is a God of justice and mercy. We are not getting what we deserve to get. That's the old, old definition of mercy that you learn in Sunday school or growing up. Mercy is not getting what you should get. In other words, I deserve to, to receive punishment and hell and death and brokenness and confusion forever and ever. But what I get instead is healing and wholeness and forgiveness and freedom and life. That's the mercy of God. You know, it says in James chapter 2, if we could read that, put that one on the screen here. I put it in my notes. I can look, I can read it. Uh, Speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Aren't you so glad about that, right? (laughs) That the mercy of God triumphs over judgment. You know what? Sometimes I need to have the mercy of God triumph over my perspective of somebody else, right? I, you know, we want to be like the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees had no mercy. That's exactly who they were. They were totally without mercy. It was like, you messed it up, boom, you're out. See you later. You didn't measure up. We're going to cut you off. You're not a good enough person. You just don't, you, you can't do it like we do. Now, of course, it was a lie. Because generally, when you're judging someone, you judge them for the very things that you fail in. Have you noticed that? When you really get in like the judgment mode, don't tell me you've never been there. Come on. (laughs) When you've been in the judgment mode, what happens is you start judging people. If you really looked at yourself, you're like, I'm just mad at myself because I still have that attitude or I do those things. A lot of the time, it's like I want to judge someone else because I want to take the thing that's going on here off of me. And it doesn't get it off of you. The only thing that gets it off is what? The mercy of God. 
the blood of Jesus. It's still enough. It's still enough for forgiveness. And then it says this. The third thing is faithfulness. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says this. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Faithfulness matters. Faithfulness matters. Hey, it's not all up to your own strength. God's going to give you, he's going to give you supernatural strength so you can actually be a faithful person. You can be faithful to God. He says, I'm going to give you grace. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. It's the power of God to live your life in a new way. And he pours out his grace on his sons and daughters. It says we, we have grace through what? Faith. And it's not of ourselves. It's a gift from God that the grace of God covers us and fills us and empowers us to do what he's called us to do. But I heard this also, and I want I was submitted to you. This is actually something my dad uh, has just mentioned to me briefly and says, Hey, you remember that thing I... I wrote a long time ago. He's in the middle of writing another book. Um, he's written one book, but he's working on a different book. Um, and he started, I was talking to him the other day, and he brought something up. It was funny, because I doubt he's watching right now, but just in case, hi. Um, <laughs> sometimes Charlie jumps on. Hi, Charlie, you still on? You're, maybe you're at your church now. Um, but he says, you, you know, you remember that blog I wrote several years ago? And you're like, well, I didn't answer the question. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've read them all, and I've got them all memorized. I put them on my wall, too, Dad. Um, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I'm like, uh, no, maybe, maybe just refresh my memory in case I didn't read that one very closely. And he says, you know, you know the armor of God is something that I think we've, we've missed one of the, one of the, one of the items. We've, we've misrepresented it. I'm like, now he's really got me interested because I'm like, really? I'm like, wow, this should be interesting. You might want to write a book about this, uh, if this is true. <laughs> and he says, think about all the, all the items of the armor of God. You've got the, you've got the what? Somebody tell, anybody been in church a while? Somebody tell me one. You've got the helmet of salvation, right? Who's the salvation from? Okay, you've got the breastplate of righteousness. Who's that from? The, the belt of truth. He's the truth. Um, let's see. Uh, the sword of the spirit, uh, that's his, that's the word of God. Uh, shoes of the gospel of peace, are those, who are those from? Jesus, it's his peace, right? We're going with his gospel and his peace, right? And uh, have we missed anything else? And then we've got the shield of what? Faith. And that's, wait, whose is that? Is that ours or is that his? Here's my dad's submission, and I just share it with you to kind of tweak your interest here. He says, I think it should, it's the same word. You can translate it the same way. It should be the shield of faithfulness because it's his, not yours. I mean, which would you rather have, your own faith as your shield or his faithfulness as your shield? 
Easy choice, right? So why would, I mean, and it really had me thinking, why would all the other armor of God be from him and then one of them has to be up to us? We have to use it. We have to exercise it. We have to really believe in it. So there is a, there's an aspect of faith. I'm not trying to say there's no faith involved, and I don't think that's what he was saying either. He's just saying, think about it this way. If you've got the armor of God, it comes from him, it's from him, and God's faithfulness is a shield, what do you have to do? Hold on to the shield. It's not your faith that's going to protect you. It's just you're trusting him and his, his faithfulness is going to protect you. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I thought it was interesting. It sounds, it sounds like encouraging, doesn't it? It sounds like, whoa. And I'm like, I've never heard anybody say that. He's like, yeah, I know. Maybe I, I think I'm going to include my book. And so wait for the next book, and you'll see the real explanation, not mine. Um, but, you know, faithfulness, it's like God's faith, God is so faithful when we hold on to his faithfulness. Man, now more than ever, we need, to, we need to rehearse the faithfulness of God. Sometimes we're rehearsing whatever's going on in the world right now, and guess what? It may not get better. I mean, if it really is the end times, then it's going to get worse. Woo! <laughs> But what's going to stay the same is this, the faithfulness of God. And you get to say, okay, I can either let all that stuff move me out of my place of peace, move me out of my place of trust, or I can, or I can grab onto the faithfulness of God and say, I'm holding on to the one who is my shield. I mean, what did, what did, uh, what did God say when he showed up to Abraham? He says, hey, Abraham, guess what? I'm your shield. I'm, I'm your shield. What do I get to do? He's like, hey, just love me. <laughs> just love me. Just love me with your heart. Love me with, with, your, with your soul. Love me with your mind. Love me with your strength. And so I just, I just speak these, this message today as, as a reminder, as a reset for us. I need a reset too. It's like, whoa, I need a reset and get myself back on what matters in this life. And if I can stay there, then whether I live or die, I'm going to be full of the joy of the Lord. The peace of God is going to be a guard over my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I'm going to walk in wisdom. I'm going to walk in the love of God. I'm going to have compassion. I'm going to have kindness. I'm going to have revelation and understanding. And I'll get to know the Father better and better each and every day. And guess what? And then I'm going to more likely give out mercy I'm going to stand for the justice of God where, where wrong things are made right, where wrong things are not just punished, but making the wrongs right and seeing the kingdom of God come and flip things around and say, look, that's what everybody's longing for because that's really it. This, every, that's what everybody's longing for. There's all kinds of people shouting and crying out for things, but what they really want is what Jesus gives, whether they know it or not. 
the good news of Jesus is still the answer. So let's just stand and close. That's all I have to say. Lord, I, I pray that this, this encouragement from your word would sink into our hearts. Lord, I pray that we're, if we have lost focus, Lord, if we have lost uh, just the right vision of, of life, I just pray for a reset today. Lord, I just pray that you, you, just, you just recalibrate us back to center, that Jesus, you're the center. And I want to stay as close to the center as possible. And the farther away I get my perspective off the center, I can start seeing things and they, they, they look really big and they look really, they look really scary and confusing and uncertain. And it's not uncertain in you. And so help us get our eyes back on you, Jesus. Help us love you. Help us be faithful with, as we hold on to your faithfulness, God. Help us give out mercy. Help us stand for justice, Lord, true justice, Lord, that's joined with the mercy and the heart of God the Father. We just, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to just recalibrate our perspective. Lord, let us live this week. Let us live this day as the sons and daughters of the King. Let us not live less than you have purchased for us, God. As some have said, Lord, let us let us win for the Lamb the reward for His suffering, God. That we won't want to we don't want to give you anything less than you paid for. And Jesus, Lamb of God, you paid for everything, and so we want to walk in it, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you. If there's anybody that we we need to touch this week, we need to we need to speak truth to or speak kindly to. Lord, highlight those people to us. Help us be aware that we get to be, now we're the ambassadors. We're the ones who are giving out the justice, the mercy, and the faithfulness. We're the ones who are loving our neighbor as our as ourselves. And so we, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to just gently, maybe you want to drop a name into our heart right now. Maybe there's a, just a name that drops into our mind. Somebody we need to call this week. Somebody we need to reach out to this week. Maybe it's an enemy we need to love. We get to love our enemies, God. What a privilege. Very hard privilege, God, but a privilege where we get to do it just like you. Thank you, Lord. We just give you honor in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, please come on up and find one of us. Uh, Be blessed, and we will uh, see you very soon.
Jesus, we're living by your name. Come on, come on.